this. Yes, Blockbuster Film School. This is Blockbuster Film School. Well, everyone, welcome in. Welcome in. You're at the Blockbuster Film School. I'm Alex Bonner, the professor, joined as always by Mr. Nicholas Sauter, the headmaster. Would tear your fucking heart out. <laughs> and of course, Super Producer Brian Tepps is here. Oh, hello, everybody. I am the Super Producer. All right, well, we have a little treat for you today. Part of it's a treat. <laughs> In fact, two and the pieces rest of, of it. A, two of it's a treat, <laughs> and the rest of it's a fucking roast. <laughs> We're going to do a franchise close to our hearts, a franchise called Terminator, the Terminator film franchise. Which I believe has... Uh, I believe it's the Terminator Saga. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. The, uh, well, uh, he's T-800-101. Uh, uh, there's a T-800-101. Uh, oh, boy. We are not going to be that kind of film podcast. We're going to talk... Because we can admit these movies are terrible <laughs> after a certain point. Yes. Take the goddamn keychain. I don't care anymore. <laughs> God damn it. Super producer Brian Tess takes our fun. Takes our fun from... Oh, <sighs> it's the sound. I'm not allowed to shoot a gun off in here. Oh. I'm not allowed to dangle things off my finger and swing it around annoyingly so it makes a bunch of extra noises to edit out. <laughs> You're just like a Terminator, Nick. You're back from the future to ruin Brian Tess's life. Well, when you put it like that, I apologize, Brian. <laughs> we're going to get into it. Uh, we're gonna and that get- is kick over a white claw into his computer. <laughs> if you haven't listened already, there's a compendium piece to this. We just did an office hours that I think was pretty fabulous about exclusively Terminator 2, where we go mega deep dive on Terminator 2. We are going to do a little bit of deep dive on all of the films, but not quite as intensely. However, I haven't asked Nick my usual question. Nick, what was the first Terminator film you ever saw? First Terminator movie I saw, as stated in the previous episode, y'all should listen to. Yes. Was Terminator 2 only because I had seen fractions of the first Terminator Mm. on the USA Network. (laughs) And it was really fucking stupid because they couldn't show anybody getting shot. Mm -hmm. They couldn't show anybody swearing. No boobs. (sighs) Well, yeah. I mean, the pacing was wrong. It was a bunch of overdubs. Like everything else on USA, it was trash. But then I saw a Terminator. Don't talk that way about suits. Is that a show in the USA? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll pretend I know it. A lady who was in it is now married to one of the princes of England. A uh, lady dies dead. So um, <laughs> It was just her corpse. Ah! I'm on suits. When I finally got around to seeing Terminator, I think after the second one came out, I just went out and bought it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And then I, all these other movies I saw in USA, like Halloween 2 and Tremors and some other fucking shit, I went out and bought. And guess what? They weren't as good. No, they're not. Nothing. But anybody wants to buy a VHS copy of Tremors off me, <laughs> email the or go through Instagram. I don't know. If I, I remember correctly, too, Terminator 2, when it first came out, was like 50 bucks or something back in the day, where it was one of those releases where... Eventually, it would come down in price, but when it very first came out, they were like, we're going to just jack up the price. I mean, I don't know, because I taped it off of (laughs) Showtime, and then I watched it every morning. My sister actually gave me shit about it today. 
because we were talking about it. And I was like, did you see Terminator 2? She goes, yeah, because you fucking hijacked the TV every morning all summer. <laughs> you liked it too. My kid sister, Veronica, shout out to her, was obsessed with Terminator 2. And she was, I'm going to say, like seven years old. Yeah. And she would just watch it over and over again. And did that make her weird? I don't know. You'd have to ask her. But I remember that Terminator 2 was when we got a VHS copy, I believe for like Christmas, one of us asked for it. And then we would watch it over and over and over. And it would be years until I eventually got a copy of The Terminator. I will tell the story again as well, but I was at a kid birthday party when I was about eight years old. And the dad had a bootleg copy of Terminator 2 while it was still in the theaters and showed it to a bunch of eight-year-olds who... Loved it. It was not a horrible experience. He was correct of the audience of those yeah. that particular group of eight year olds. It was like you maniacs ride dirt bikes. You might like this. <laughs> like also, isn't Veronica's cat's name Miles Dyson? It might be. <laughs> yeah. And also, that's the problem. And we'll get to this when we get to it. But like Terminator, the first one, horror film. Yes. Kids love horror films. Yes. The second one is a teenage. Dirtbag in there. Shout out to Weedus. Yes. You fucks. Who (laughs) became like, you know, like a star because of it. Yeah. When they got to T3. Yeah. Rise of the Machines. That was the first one that was PG-13. Kiss of death. When they started appealing to actual kids and teenagers, the franchise became mush. Correct. Just unrecognizable. Actually, super recognizable because all the movies are the same. Except for Salvation. Almost exactly. But even Salvation, it's so weird that the Terminator franchise, the same way like Friday the 13th and Hellraiser, they all have their own tropes. Yes. Where it's like, oh no, you have sex in a cabin, you're dead. Or, oh, you open a puzzle box, you're going to get your flesh removed. Or, oh no, (laughs) it's the end of a Terminator movie. We're going to find a fucking factor out in the middle of nowhere every time that has no inhabitable people in it. (laughs) But also that... Now the Terminator has to come back to stop the other Terminator who also is your dad, but it looks like you're dead, but it's not. Also, we're going to have to retcon. Uh, 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 uh. All the Terminators after Terminator 2 are just people having expositional dialogue conversations. It is about 70% expositional dialogue conversations and then action set pieces. And a lot of weird conversations where it would make way more sense if Jason Clark and Jay Courtney just like made out. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because then, oh. then the plot would sort of make sense. But instead, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. we made moonshine. It's like, it took me five years to watch Genesis. I finished it today. Oh, that's, congratulations. Yeah. Congrats to you. They spelled it with a Y, so they didn't get sued. I know. It's a fucking. <laughs> By the band everything, or Sega. Everything of that movie is just like a giant kick in the balls to the audience. Because it's fan service, like another level. Where it's like a fan-made film would have been better. Yes. Okay. Let's start at the beginning, shall we? There's a lot to talk about. So in the beginning. But in the beginning. I was born three weeks premature. (laughs) Well, we were born, both of us, a year before the release of the original James Cameron, Michael Bean, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and very, very importantly, Linda Hamilton's hair, The Terminator. Okay? It came out in... It came out in 1984. It also has Paul Winfield and Bishop. And Lance Hendrickson. Yes, yes. And that guy. And the guy from Top Gun. Yeah, and the guy who plays Dr. Silverman, who's in all of them. He's only in the first three. 
but he's also in like Sarah Connor Chronicles. Does it count? I think he comes back for Dark Fate. I think he's makes a cameo. I don't remember him in that. I want to say that's real. I might be wrong, but it was the original Terminator. As I said, was distributed. Go back and listen to our Orion Pictures. That's an interesting one. We have a good Orion Pictures episode if you haven't heard it. But a crazy ass story is that James Cameron talks about how when he went to the premiere of his first film, Piranha 2, which was his first and only film he had made at the time, because it was a Roger Corman movie where a lot of famous people got their start, including we talked about Clint Howard, but his brother, the more famous Ron Howard, sorry, Clint, but he got his start with Roger Corman. So he made Piranha. Also, real fast, shout out to... He's not probably listening, but shout out to Clint Howard. Yes. For liking our Instagram posts and commenting on it. Mm-hmm. You should follow us on Instagram and everything, all this shit. Yeah. Also, shout out to Robert fucking Patrick. Hell yeah. For liking our Terminator post on Instagram. The T-1000 liked our shit. Also, I like that he is sponsored by Harley Davidson, like as a dude. Well, he has, the, he <laughs> own, him and his brother Cohen a shop. I know, but on it, they also are officially sponsored. By oh, okay. Harley Davidson. And so there's cool stuff where they go to like Harley Davidson, like limited things and they show up and wear the gear. I was like, this is pretty cool. So why I bring this up is that while James Cameron in 1982 went to the premiere of Piranha 2, he claims that he had a fever dream. He claims that he was very sick and he had a dream. And in the dream, almost the entire storyline of the original Terminator presented itself. And it's interesting to think about because I think everyone's had a dream where someone's after you, right? And it's a very scary thing. There's a being or a person who's after you. Mine are usually tornadoes or Al Pacino. <laughs> Once, it was a tornado made of Al Pacinos. Not like Tornado, though. Mine are all people who want my student loan money. And you're not going to get shit. Um, so not a dream. <laughs> so he has this dream. He comes up with the entire storyline. He stops and he writes the whole goddamn thing. He then basically takes the script and he finally teams up with his girlfriend at the time, who is his big jump up to the next level. Because honestly, he's never made anything other than Piranha 2 The Spawning. Have you ever seen Piranha 2 The Spawning, Nick? I just think we should just toss that in there just a little bit. It was on Showtime. (laughs) I was young. I remember watching it, but it's like... It's like the same as all those other fish in the water mm-hmm. movies. I remember it being a little bit better because it's clearly directed by James Cameron, but it's not that great. It's still a Roger Corbett movie. No offense. And Galen Hurd, though, really believes in Cameron. And with good reason. We talk about this in our Terminator 2 thing, but James Cameron is a goddamn genius. He's already drawing all these storyboards. He's writing all these scripts. He's building his own cameras out of busted old cameras. He's coming up with stuff that is not your average person who's like, I'm a film director. No, this guy's already a phenom. And Galen Hurd starts opening because she's already a little bit of a bigger producer. She teams up with him, starts opening more doors and brings the script of the Terminator, which she didn't really have anything to do with writing it. And both of them talked about this, but she was intrinsical. This is going to shock you in editing it and cutting out parts that sucked, which is what she does in lots of things she's involved with. And it's almost weird when Cameron doesn't work with Galen Hurd, some of his stuff seems overwrought and too long. That's weird. I don't know. Haven't seen it. (laughs) Now, they make the script, him and his buddy Will Wisher. They go around with the script. They go to Warner Brothers. They go to a bunch of big studios who all want the script. They say, we want to buy the script from you outright. Cameron says, no dice. I actually don't even need you to charge me for the script. I get to direct. That's my cachet. And I get a little bit of the rights. And they were like, nah, 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 we're not going to do that. Who the hell are you? This is kind of a big budget thing. It'd cost at least like seven, eight million bucks. I don't know. 
And finally, him and Galen Hurd managed to cobble together with Hemdale, which is a small production house in England that had a lot of actors and rock stars. Alba? Yeah, honestly, yeah. And based on the god of the Bifrost, the god of the portal in Norse mythology, spooky in that way, opening the door, Hemdale. And they finally cobbled together an agreement with Hemdale and Orion that allows Cameron to direct and it allows him to have 25% of the rights, Galen Hurd 25% of the rights. And in order to get who they believe is a burgeoning star, Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger, he gets 25% of the rights as well as Hemdale. And that's back rights. Hemdale gets all the money of the upfront. They get all the money from Terminator. So after that, they finally make the original Terminator in 1984. Nick, what do you think of the original Terminator? Masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It is a perfect movie. It's, uh, it's, I won't say perfect, but like overall it's there's perfect. a couple of goofball parts. Yeah, it's a couple, it's an 80s movie. There's a part where there's a very clearly a claymation puppet of Arnold Schwarzenegger running around sometimes. It's, <laughs> Which is fun though. It is fun and it still looks better than most of this shit. It Fuck looks yeah. better than Genesis, Dark Fate, and Salvation. Like, mm. especially T3. Oh God. Anyways, I'm jumping ahead. The original Terminator is different from the rest of the movies. It is a fucking horror movie. Yeah. And I think that's the main difference between it and all the other Terminators after it, which are sci-fi action movies that it, and interestingly, Cameron coined this phrase when he was pitching it, they would name the club after it. He called it a tech noir, right? That it was a technological noir film. And it is set like a horror movie. The Terminator is kind of a Jason Voorhees type character. He has come to murder you. But there is this cool, vague sci-fi story. And Cameron very purposely made it vague. The scroll at the beginning is not very complex. It's like there was a nuclear war and the robots won and there is a resistance. And now the robots are sending back a robot to kill the mother of the leader of the resistance and the real battle takes place now in 1980s L.A. And they don't even say all of that. And you don't even hear the term John Connor until like the second act, I think. You don't even hear the term Skynet until they arrest Kyle Reese. And even then, you only hear it like one time. And he only says John Connor like a couple of times. These names that would become ubiquitous to the franchise are very thinly sparse throughout the movie. And it's very mysterious as to even what the fuck is going on. Who is Kyle Reese? What is this shit? I mean, it starts in this awesome way where Arnold is a cybernetic organism who is sent back and he's naked, but is locked and loaded. He's ready to go. He's in a crouch position and then comes up and then he meets, I believe, a famous actor, Nick, when he first becomes alive at the beginning. Oh, of that. yeah. That's um, Robert De Niro's in the first one. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I think he's a Terminator. I think... <laughs> Um, at the beginning, at the very beginning of Terminator, we'll have to move along, but there's an awesome Bill Paxton cameo in which he is. Uh, I don't think he's famous for it to be a cameo. Right. I think it's a very small role at that point for Bill Paxton. For sure. Absolutely. He has at least three lines. Yeah. Okay. This guy's a couple of cans short of a six pack. His hair is amazing. He's a punk rocker. Okay. Listen to our Bill Paxton episode. And, uh, Arnold's murders. Bill Paxton was punk rocker. (laughs) It's a Ramon song, right? Yes. Yeah. Arnold murders them and takes their clothes. I have to bring up the second part, which is that when Kyle Reese, the human soldier from the future who is sent back to help Sarah Connor and protect her from the Terminator, 
the stunt in which they actually drop a naked guy from a platform. This is a real thing. And I listened to Michael Bean talk about how it's still weirdly not that intense of a stunt, but for some reason it just sticks in his head where this stunt guy naked just jumped off of a platform and landed on his side on concrete like three or four times. And if you watch that stunt, it is literally a naked man slapping against concrete. Like it's, and it's also most poor movies. It's yes. Right. And you can see his balls. They're doing the, the, that angle. Uh, I shouldn't give you your opening. And, but you automatically see the difference between humans and the Terminator and that the Terminator is running around. But coolly, I love that Michael Bean at first is kind of freaked out. He's in pain. He's discombobulated. He went back in time. He's now in L.A., which he used to live in, but it was a bombed out nightmare world. And now there's cops chasing him. But the second cops start chasing him, he becomes his old self again. And he locks into his PTSD world and is not as worried anymore because he's running around stealing homeless guys' pants and getting shotguns and Nikes and shit. I don't know. I just, I thought I had to bring that up because I always enjoyed the beginning of the original Terminator and how just a nice little Cameron thing where he, with action sequences, without any dialogue, he shows characters and how they're different and how their development is different. And you get to watch them develop a little differently. I don't know. Just a little thing I wanted to toss in there. That's all. But yeah, so the original Terminator is a massive, massive fucking hit. It is the dark wave it's very possibly a bigger hit than any of the big mega indie hits of all time. Bigger than Halloween, bigger than my big fat Greek wedding. Like I think culturally, I think Halloween might be the one argument you could make, but that original Terminator was, I mean, financially it was nuts. It cost $6.4 million to make just its original us box office was $78 million in 1984 for an independent movie that was cobbled together. With English financing and uh, Orion being like, yeah, fuck it, we'll throw you three million bucks. I don't give a shit. And it was not just a financial hit. It was a cultural cross the board hit. And the second poster they made when it was really getting full release in theaters now said Schwarzenegger at the top. And it created one of the biggest movie stars of all time. It created this huge franchise that we're going to talk about. It created James Cameron. I don't know. It. What do you think, Nick, of the cultural impact of the original Terminator. I think the cultural impact of Terminator is terrible because (laughs) it ruined action movies for a long time because everybody wanted a Terminator movie. Mm. Everybody wanted a catchphrase. Everybody wanted the big muscular dudes. Meanwhile, we got, you know, uh, Michael Douglas over here making Black Rain, which is not a great fucking movie, but it's it's okay though. It's okay. There's some but cool shit in it. It looks amazing. It, it sort of became the outline for '80s movies because after that, Stallone got bigger and crazier. Yep. yep. And also, Arnold just made all these just terrible fucking movies for a long time. In between that and Predator, yeah. he was in every action movie they offered him. He said, <laughs> I'll be, he ran for governor on I'll Be Back or, or Jim Gray needs to be terminated or whatever the fuck <laughs> the dude's name was. Like, I am the governor. Terminator is a great film. It's cultural outreach mm. is good for everybody involved, but for filmmaking in general, 
it just sort of stunted 80s action movies. With one great exception, I have to say, which is that if there is no Terminator, 20th Century Fox does not turn around and basically slap Ridley Scott in the face with their dick and give James Cameron the Alien franchise so that he can make, in my opinion, his masterpiece, which is Aliens. And if this movie doesn't happen, you don't get Aliens. Ridley Scott was arguing with them before that. Because James Cameron, before Terminator ever got made, was writing the script for Aliens. Right. Oh, he's such a weirdo, though. One of those cool James Cameron things, and maybe we'll save this for our James Cameron episodes, but that he is always writing basically spec scripts of things that he likes. He's just one of these weirdos who's just writing scripts all the time. And if he likes a franchise or something, supposedly he wrote a Ghostbusters sequel that they didn't want. But I'm very curious as to what James Cameron's Ghostbusters sequel is. You know what I'm saying? And they went with whatever fucking Ackroyd shit out for him too. But I'm very curious that Cameron said he had a Ghostbusters script. uh, His Ghostbusters script was Fern Gully. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Except they were ghosts. Honestly, if Cameron directed it in 1989, it probably would have been better. He did The Abyss instead because they didn't go with it. It's the first Terminator. I love it, though. I love the look. I love that if you think about it, when they sent back, even the robots understood that when you send back the T-800, which is Arnold, that his hair has to be perfectly 80s. Everybody's hair in Terminator is the 80s is shit, with the exception of Michael Ben, who just looks cool. He looks like he could looks like a dude. He looks like a dude. He could run around now. But- I think also Linda Hamilton's hair in like the second one, she could definitely live in Logan Square. No one would bat an eye. But if she had the hair she's got in the original Terminator. She doesn't live in Uptown. (laughs) Or Oak Park. I just have to toss a couple of Terminator things that were, have haunted me forever. One, when at the very beginning, Sarah Connor has her date cancel on her. Right. A guy calls her on the phone and cancels her date. And on the phone, the voice is James Cameron which I enjoy, which also is a weird little side theory of, is that guy John Connor's dad? There's a little, like, it could, I don't know. He's no, not. He's not. He's I saw not. that right now. Okay, he's not. All right, we agree with that. But the weirder one that the nerds are bigger into is that before the Terminator gets to Sarah Con- our Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton, the Terminator kills two other Sarah Connors. And one of them, they say on the news, is a mother of two, right? Did he fuck up and is the kid already alive? And is that the real John Connor? And even John Connor is playing games within games and shit and sending people back to go after another one who's not even his actual fucking mom because he knows that the Terminator already killed his mom and the robots are stupid. One of those little side (laughs) quests that that actually could be kind (laughs) of. I mean, I don't know how many times you're going to say no right now. If you're going to do a retcon, if you're going to do a sequel that plays with a different storyline, that's an actual fucking idea. There we go. That's me being a better writer than everybody from Terminator 3 through 8. All right. Any other thoughts on the original Terminator, Nick? I mean, we could always we can keep talking about it as we go. Just kind of moving along. Nah, right. <laughs> I will say the sequence in which he blows apart the fucking police station is still one of the coolest. And Brad Fidel's score is such a, we should mention Brad Fidel unsung hero of this franchise as he does the score definitely for the first and second one. I think for a lot of them, but that piece of music he does when the Schwarzenegger, the Schwarzenegger destroys the police station. Spoiler alert is such a cool piece of music and the whole sequence is great. And it's Cameron lights in frame, moving the camera ship blowing apart. It's dope. And then we get to, they wait a while and we talk about this a lot. 
And we don't have to talk about it a ton because we have an awesome episode, as I said, in Office Hours. But then in 1991, after much infighting and Coralco putting all the pieces together, they make Terminator 2 back in the habit. Nick, what is your theory on Terminator 2 Judgment Day? T2 Judgment Day is the best of the series, and that's it. Mm. The only debate is there are some weirdos who like the first one more. It depends for me day to day. Some days I'm like Terminator 2 all the way. Some days I'm in dark wave mode and I say to myself, I like the original Terminator more. I don't know why. The real debate is the original Terminator and Terminator 2. They are the classics. And then we'll talk about the other ones. But um, any other thoughts on Terminator 2, Nick? I know we have a great episode about it, but for the people who haven't listened, anything just popping in your hot brain? Terminator 2... It's one of the few things I remember from my youth. I see. Which is also hilarious and scary. It's <laughs> nothing disturbing about that at all. <laughs> I blocked out most of the other stuff. You know, trauma does that. It definitely is a heat wave of a movie. It came out. It was the blockbuster of all blockbusters. It was the summer movie of all summer movies. It had the giant poster. Everyone went to see it or wanted to go see it or saw it on if you were a kid and your parents wouldn't let you see it, you said to yourself, I'm going to see that movie eventually. I don't care what you say. And whether you like Eddie Furlong or not, he's such a vibe. He's the grungiest 15 year old in the history of grunge. He's got a dirt bike. He's listening to Guns N' Roses. Should have been taking acting classes. So learn how to ride that bike. <laughs> we talked about this. Some of the wildest action sequences. It's Cameron, in my mind, in a lot of ways, coming into his own of even next level action. I know Aliens is a classic and a masterpiece, and so is The Abyss. But man, the stuff that him and Stan Winston are doing is wild style. The stuff that ILM did to create the T-1000, Robert Patrick's performance that sells all of it so that when he's getting shot and running after people with his mouth closed, it looks real. It looks good. The Brad Fidel score with the clanging pans together to make it even more intense. It's wild style. I think Terminator 2 is one of the ultimate classics that will, you can show it to anyone, you know, with the exception of some of our more hilariously jaded friends who have decided not to like it <laughs> because. Something they didn't like it is that it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All movies are stupid. No, I realize that. <laughs> but, I think that's something we have to take into account more. Like, I love this movie. Yes. I do. I like this movie more than I like most of my family. <laughs> but it's a silly thing. It's but a, then again, so is family. So fuck it. That's you're waxing very poetic right now. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes. And T2 has this element where it doesn't, reek of the 90s like a lot of those action movies it's a difference though because i will say as you said the original we did count all the mullets it's very oh, it reeks of the 90s I, it reeks of the 90s but not in that way of say so many 90s action movies so many 90s action movies you watch them they're so dated they're so cheesy and bad and just judge dread i don't know that's one that came to mind you know what i'm saying these movies that are the goofiest summer blockbuster action movies that are aping Terminator 2 after it and can't hold a candle to it. It's got that element like Jurassic Park or 
some of these classic ones that came out in the 90s that just you could watch them now and show them to people now who are maybe kids and they stand up, they look good, they work, they feel right. It's such a classic. I, as I said, please go back and listen to our Office Hours for T2 because there's just a a plethora of information and storylines and little pieces of the production and how it was made and why it was made that are super fascinating. And we're not going to drag it all the way down because we have to talk about a movie now that is called Terminator three rise of the machines. It was not directed by James Cameron who created the entire franchise. And when Arnold Schwarzenegger asked his very good friend, James Cameron, he said, apparently Arnold was not going to do it. And then they offered him so much money, an undisclosed amount that was somewhere in the neighborhood of $20 million. He called James Cameron and said, Jim, I have to ask you a question. Um, they want me to do Terminator. And supposedly Cameron goes, how much? <laughs> and he said, $20 million. And Cameron said, who is it? And he said, Warner Brothers. And Cameron goes, Warner Brothers is a bunch of clowns. Steal their money. Do whatever you want, man. I don't give a shit. And so with his blessing, Arnold came back for one of the stupidest movies that I've ever seen in my entire life. I have to say, Nick Stahl plays John Connor, which I didn't hate Nick Stahl. I should say that. I didn't hate him trying to be adult John Connor. Christiana Loken plays TX. Nice screen right in there. It was directed by someone called Jonathan Mostow, who actually I think was a lesser David Fincher Minion, he, I think, like, wrote the game, possibly, and was, like, an assistant director on, like, Panic Room. But, uh, yeah, he directed it. Came out in 2003. I gotta say, yeah. Nick, what do you think? What do you think on T3? T3 is... (sighs) (laughs) T3 is a victim of the franchise's success. Mm. Because... The first one, the PG-13, it's the first one where they're putting humor in it on purpose, where it isn't just like dialogue between a robot and a tiny teenage boy who's like 50. (laughs) And then also, here's the main problem. You're talking about James Cameron action set pieces. Yes. Starting with this, all the way to Dark Fate, everybody does the same thing. How do we make it bigger? Yeah. Nobody has ever thought about like, they had no fucking money for the first one. What if we made it smaller? What if we made it more mm. on point? What if we made it more emotionally impactful? Yes. Everybody is taking Arnold and creating all these fucking Universal Studios, <laughs> like sh- like uh, reenactment things or whatever the fuck, whatever you want to call them. I don't know. The, I Stage, don't even, uh, stunt shows? Stunt shows. The movies just keep becoming yes. stunt shows. That is exactly This movie, they try to make Arnold funny. Ugh. Where it's like he gets his clothes from a stripper this time. And then he literally later at a gas station attendant after the stripper says it to him goes, talk to the hand. It's terrible. <laughs> the female Terminator makes her breast bigger, which is a statement about fucking how terrible men and the police are. But also it's like they do it as a joke. Claire Danes is in this because it's my so-called fucking life after the apocalypse or whatever the fucking reason. <laughs> Nick Stahl, like... Edward Furlong is cursed. If you yeah, play, yeah. if you play Ooh. John Connor, you are fucking cursed. Except for one of them. 
Yeah, but he was already big before yeah, that. Batman But okay. also, Batman got in trouble twice because of this movie. We'll get that to that. That is true. He kind of was cursed, yes. at least in that moment in his yeah. life. It's the most trouble he ever got in while and he was John Connor. Terminator 3, Rise of the Machine is Liz Lemon. It mm. tries to have it all. It has, <laughs> it has nothing. Nothing. It's got nothing, but I will give it credit. The ending in that movie, they went for it. Oh, yeah. And it's a downer ending, and they really did it. And I give them credit for that. But aside from that, it follows all the Terminator tropes. Yeah. It just tries to be bigger and badder than all than the movie before it because it doesn't understand that if you don't care about the characters, you don't care about mindless fucking action for the sake of blowing shit up. Agreed. If you don't care about the characters, what the fuck are you doing? You're just watching moving pictures like all those people who were like oh i love david lynch films oh yeah what are they about i don't know <coughs> the prequels sorry i coughed the prequels because no one gives a shit about any of those characters yeah you always cough prequels but it's, but it's i feel like the sequels of terminator are the prequels you know what i'm saying they're all doomed from what happened before yes it's yes. like no it's also but with terminator it's like none of these fucking people understood the plot of those two it's like no. do something different this you're literally repeating the past and just dying because of fucking technology. I agree. The only things I would add, and they're not even like that much of ads, it's just the fact that in this one, they went against the no fate. The whole thing of the first two is the cool element is the no fate, that it goes against the time travel trope, that there is no necessarily automatic future. It doesn't always have to be the same. You can change things. There is your own path. In this one, they straight up say, no, <laughs> it is inevitable. Like Thanos, it's going to happen. And that's it. That's it. Oh, cool. Well, then what are they supposed to do? Nothing. It does happen. The ending is it happens. Oh, cool. Awesome. And so why did I watch this? What were they up to? Uh, Nothing. They were up to nothing other than Arnold Schwarzenegger, which also after he steals the stripper's clothes, when he leaves, all the women are cheering. So that insinuates that he didn't kill that guy. He just then himself stripped or something because all the women were like, yeah. Well, he showed up naked. Right. But even after he leaves, they're all cheering. So if he murdered that guy, they wouldn't be cheering unless, I mean, unless it's real dark, unless that's a real weird lady strip club. I think they're just into (laughs) man-on-man disrobing. Yes. (laughs) So then the guy took his clothes off. Arnold got his clothes and then the guy kept dancing and then Arnold then put the clothes on and the ladies were like, yeah, how did that scene work in their heads? How did that scene work in their heads when they wrote it? I don't know. It always bothered me. It always, of all things. Seriously, (laughs) you're fixing it in the first 10 minutes of this shitty movie. When there's another 110 minutes of bullshit. Possibly the dumbest part of T2 is the part where he gets his clothes and it is nowhere near as stupid as this. The dumbest part of T2 is how he gets his sunglasses. <laughs> how he gets uh, his clothes in the bar is pretty cool. That is, I agree with that. I agree with that. That is Also, correct. again, shout out to Brett Hines, who's that guy who gets thrown on the stove. Also, shout out to George Thurgood for getting that money. Get that money, George Thurgood. <laughs> uh, also, no offense to Christiana Loken, but TX is one of the stupidest characters I've ever seen in movies. And I think it may be misogynistic of how they wrote her that she's a woman Terminator. And she, like you said, made her breast big, but she's also stupid. The things that the TX does is some of the dumbest shit I've ever seen any character do. I mean, literally, it'll be like there's a scene where 
she morphs because she can morph or something. She's kind of a T-1000 or some shit. And she morphs to be like this fiance character of one of the detectives. So she infiltrates. But then when she goes up to- Fiance of Claire Danes. Oh, that's what it is. And so she infiltrates. But before she goes up to Claire Danes, she doesn't stay as the fiance, which would have allowed her to continue to be incognito. No, she flips into the goddamn TX. Why would you do that? They're like, control, save. No, that's what it says in the script. So that's what it is. It's because it's halfway through the movie. Her agent was like, she needs more screen time. I don't think she's that dumb. I'm just saying the character's kind of No, I'm saying I disagree with you is what I'm saying. Fair. You can. A lot, actually. Yeah, that's fair. I just feel like it's not that interesting of a character. In the end, it doesn't have that much of a point. Nobody in T3 is an interesting character. Right. Not Arnold, not John Connor, not Claire Danes. No. Not TX, no. not fucking the stripper, not the lady at the gas station. <laughs> the most interesting character. Not Chris Hardwick. <laughs> oh, that happens. That That's pompous what... fat prick. <laughs> he was fat at the time. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Also, I got to toss Earl Bowen, Dr. Silberman, is in the movie. Okay, but here's the main problem with T3. Here's the main problem. The budget for Terminator 3, $187 million, the budget. Any guesses on what the box office was? 300. It is $440 million. Now, granted, this is coming off of T2, okay? You could have slapped anything together and called it Terminator 3. It probably would have made some money, but that's still a lot of money. It doesn't even matter if it comes off of T2. Yeah. Genesis made $92 million here. It made $400 million overseas. Correct. They almost decided to make... Genesis is supposed to be a trilogy. Uh-huh. It has a whole comic book series. Yeah. yeah. But it was such a fucking flop, they decided not to do anything, and then they sold the rights to fucking somebody else. Because three and four are Warner Brothers. Right. Four is Paramount. I don't know who fucking put out six, but, like, this franchise is fucking bouncing all over. But if you put out a movie and call it Terminator and Arnold Schwarzenegger is in it, overseas, you will make money. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, you're right on that, but... It's just got a weird thing where it's like, if you're going to have that much money put into a movie, it's like you could have another sci-fi movie. It could be an entirely different sci-fi movie. But what if we slapped the word Terminator on it? And then the exact same stupid storyline happens where a Terminator comes back to kill John Connor or his mom or his aunt or whatever the shit. And that's the storyline. You don't expand the universe at all. You don't do anything interesting. This is the problem with Hollywood at large. Yeah. Not just the Terminator franchise. Everybody has intellectual properties Mm. and they're just selling that over. There's another fucking G.I. Joe movie coming out. I will give G.I. Joe this. At least Snake Eyes and this stuff, they're expanding the universe. This is a different character. This is they're a, going off with fucking dolls and shit. You I, can expand off of that exponentially. I know, but there's a thing about a future war with the robots. You could make anything you want and you make the same movie again. They did that with Salvation and that flopped too. It's what I'm saying. All right, so we should say the next one in 2009 is Terminator Salvation, starring Batman, Christian Bale, and also starring Sam Worthington, he's still an actor, Moon Bloodgood, that's a name, Bryce Dallas Howard, hey, the Howard family running around, Helena Bonham Carter, and Jada Grace. So and Anton Yelkin. Anton Yelkin, R.I.P. He plays Kyle Reese in this one. Yes, he does. Which is an interesting factor of bringing Kyle Reese in, which I kind of liked. I also had to say I hated T3 
And then I saw the preview for Terminator Salvation. And I will say this, at least the look in the trailer of Terminator Salvation, I said to myself, well, maybe this is what I'm looking for. Maybe this is the future war or something, an expanse of the universe, you know, going into the Terminator universe, doing something different. Or maybe, oh, I don't know, you just have a goddamn movie about John Connor in the future fighting the goddamn robots. Why is that so fucking hard? Oh, no, we can't have that. It has to have some sort of stupid time travel bullshit. There's no time travel in this one. Well, uh, <laughs> there's, yeah. I figured exactly how it works, but there's like, it's all happening at the same time, but there's certain Terminators that are from the past and in the future, and they're coming back, and they're all fighting, and they're all salvating each other. I don't know. Do you remember what the plot of that movie is all the way? Because here's what it says. Although Judgment Day has, in fact, occurred. <laughs> this is his own description. Has, in fact, occurred. The future for which John Connor, Christian Bale, was prepared has been partially altered by the appearance of a stranger named Marcus Wright, Sam Worthington. Connor must determine if Wright has been rescued from the past or sent from the future as the machines prepare for a final battle. Connor and Wright delve deep into Skynet's heart, uncovering a secret that could lead to the annihilation of mankind. Spoiler alert, the secret is CGI Arnold Schwarzenegger. Dun, 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 dun. I'm a CGI in this. I get the paycheck. I'm not actually there. So, yeah. Super producer Brian Tepps is letting me know that Sam Worthington was, a, they're doing a reverse where Sam Worthington was a regular dude who sold his body to Skynet and they turned him into a Terminator, sent him into the future. And he shows up there and is like, oh, no, I don't want to be a Terminator. Oh, a twist. Because he started as a dude and now he's a Terminator. And then John Connor's like, listen, bro, that's messed up. And then he meets Chekhov from the new Star Trek movies. And he is like, you might be a teenage version of my dad. So then they decide to smash Skynet because that's always what John Connor is up to. He is Mr. Smash Skynet. And they go and they, spoiler alert, smash Skynet and send Kyle Reese back to bang Linda Hamilton to make John Connor, which is a weird thing if you meet your dad and he's younger than you and then you have to send him to go fuck your mom. That's it's just a weird conversation. Imagine meeting your teenage version of your dad and then being like, listen, bro, you're going to have to fuck my mom. I'm sorry, what, what did you just say? So... T4, Salvation, budget, $200 million. What do you guys think the worldwide box office on that bad boy is? Three. 370. Diminishing returns. It was directed by Mick G, a man who has one name, a.k.a. Joseph McGinty Nicole, and he directed uh, those... Um, Charlie's Angels, Charlie's movies. Angels movies was his big thing. I think he also directed striptease. Maybe. I don't know. Um, that wasn't him. I just assumed. I assumed that he directed that. I'm just very curious real quick what McGee directed. He's directing a lot of stuff for uh, Netflix, actually. I buy that. He has one nomination. So I will say this. It looked better than T3. It had a look. It had a vibe. I'll give it that. I'm not going to lie. There is some CGI Arnold running around. I remember that. I think the last time I saw it was in the theater in which I started sighing when CGI Arnold showed up and just, <sighs> okay. Salvation's underrated. I mean, it's a little different. It's a fucking war movie. Mm. It takes place after Judgment Day. It doesn't have the traditional time travel shit. It does have Kyle Reese going back in the end, but that's the last scene. 
I don't like it because I haven't watched it fucking 20 years, but like, <laughs> I like the idea that you have this robot who, or cyborg, whatever the fuck he is, who decides he doesn't want to destroy everybody because he is treated nicely. Organism. He is treated nicely by Anton Yelkin and all the yes. other people in the back of the bus. So he fucking pulls his chip out and goes against the Terminators. Like, you're talking about T3. They have no fate. Like, they're yeah. just stuck in this thing. And Salvation... The idea is still there, except this time it's one of the cyborgs deciding he is going to be more man than machine cool. and uh, fight the fucking robots. I will give you that. It is a cooler setup. I just remember not being wowed by it in its execution. There's no being wowed by any of these movies <laughs> after T2. Yeah. But that's the element is that the first two are such wow movies. And I feel like that's always going to be the great problem with Terminator and the great disappointment is that if there isn't a wow, but I fully agree with you, if they scaled back and went small again and went with new ideas for characters and made it more character-based and made it a smaller movie instead of just trying to get bigger and bigger and dumber and dumber, they're not Marvel movies. You're not going to pull it off. You should shrink back. That's a theory that even when I watched that, I said to myself, that's the other thing though marvel has hundreds of thousands of issues yes to go back on whereas everybody's relying on two films true but even i would say the mcu now is really going into its own territory and comes up with its own storylines which are in you know maybe take elements from storylines from the comics or characters but they expand them and make them their own and I feel like they go more with your playbook which is they are more character based when they're good that they, in a way, are smaller, that they focus in on the characters and then have really crazy, dope action sequences at some point. Thor Ragnarok is about two brothers who end up having to create a ragtag team to escape a crazy-ass party planet run by a maniac. You know, I mean, it's a, a fun idea. And also kill their sister, who's a maniac. But you are right, Nick. Terminator Salvation, if nothing else, is another further proof that if you play John Connor... You will be cursed. Do you remember what Christian Bale says to the PA in his famous freak out? Do you remember? I don't, but he was very sarcastic. Just like, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and he's like doing a super insane Welsh accent where it's like, it's like, oh, oh, as a matter of fact. And in England, everyone was like way more freaked out because they could understand what he was saying. So it was like these terrible curses. But in America, it just sounded like chitty chitty bang bang. We we're like, I guess he's yelling at that guy. I don't know. It sounds like what a chimney sweep would yell at someone. He definitely, I remember, called someone a fucking idiot at one point. And I appreciated that just as a terminology of, it's like, well, maybe you're a fucking idiot. And I, just as a term, I appreciate it. Any other thoughts on Terminator Salvation? Who got saved? John Connor. Okay, fair. Sam Worthington? Yeah, they use his heart to save him. Oh, that's right. Because he gets injured by the T-800. Oh, that's right. Off the factory line. That's true. CGI, fresh and ready. Hot 89 Arnold CGI muscles. 84. I think they were doing a little T2 in there. I don't know. Depends. Depends on which CGI Arnold they're going with. He's bigger in 84. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. I watched... A lot of this movie today on YouTube because I was not going to waste my time to watch the whole fucking thing. Despite that my bio on our website currently says 
Terminator Salvation is underrated. <laughs> I stand by that, but I'm not going to watch it. It's also I, the thing is like you have a CGI Arnold Schwarzenegger, but yet they're still rolling in like fog and shit to cover up his dick. Like just give <laughs> fake Arnold full frontal yes. while he's fighting, and then people will at least will remember it. Also, is it R? No. No. I mean, that's the thing, too. Go R. Neither's Genesis. None of them are. Go R with the Terminator movies. What are you doing? I I will say I agree with you of elements. The poster for Terminator Salvation is the best poster out of any of the sequels. It is wild looking. Some of the Terminator stuff is wild looking. The robots are crazy looking. I at least give them credit for the production design. It's different. They're trying something different. I agree with you. Of the sequels, it is the one that stands out as being its own kind of unique thing. I agree. But it brings us to a movie you've referenced. A 2015 film called Terminator Genesis. Genesis. is. What do you think of Terminator Genesis? I think I'd rather have a root canal with no medication <laughs> than watch this again. I fucking hate this movie. It is so <laughs> unoffensive on every level. It is so boring and convoluted and just so full of like, oh, well, we can't answer that. Accept it. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> Write a story that makes sense. Oh, yeah. This movie is so bad. Jai Courtney cannot act. Amelia Clark cannot act. No, she cannot. Jason, what are you talking about? I'm the mother of dragons. This is how I talk all the time. Jason Clark, whatever the fuck his name is, he can act. I hate his face. Yeah. He has the charisma of a Hitler mustache. <laughs> I cannot stand him in anything he's ever fucking done. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons isn't bad. Yeah, he's not bad. But that's like... J.K. Simmons makes you like a fucking animated Eminem. Like, you think he can't he can't show up in a Terminator movie and outact everybody by fucking miles? What are you talking about? It. I'm in this movie. I came back. I am not the governor anymore. I can't say anything bad about Arnold in this because he's just oh, he's just being Arnold. He's just being Arnold. Which, yeah. by the way, James Cameron sold him the rights to the Terminator franchise, yeah. so that he could be in all the sequels. But in 2019, which is when they made Dark Fate, the rights went back to James Cameron. So, like, this was Arnold's, like, last big splash to make money from this. And the whole idea was this could be start of a trilogy. But it was such a fucking shit show of moronic (laughs) ideas where, like, everybody can build a time machine now. Time machines could just be built in the basement of Los Angeles in 1984. To be fair, they could be built by a random asshole in California with a DeLorean and a teenage best friend. So, I mean. You know how I feel about Robert Zemeckis. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sorry. The best part of Genesis is Arnold explaining that he helped build. Also, this movie came out. I I have to go back before I even make this point. Please do. Please. This movie came out in 2015, and it was already so outdated about technology that the idea that Skynet was now an operating system that, like, connected all of your devices to everything and all this other bullshit. It's like, that's the fucking cloud. Are you telling me the cloud is going to end the world? Yes. I pay 50 cents a month for that so that I could store stupid photos of my fucking parents' dog. The cloud. That's going to end the world? Really? 
because if we're waxing poetic, Skynet did win, but this time they don't have to nuke us. They just run us through the alert systems we have in our pocket and they tell us to do stuff. Well, they were trying to nuke us, but then they <laughs> stop it. But that's the thing is like the most interesting part about this is that Arnold helped build the place where Genesis was like the foundation. And then he makes a joke about getting laid off. Fucking make me that movie. <laughs> Where oh. Arnold gets his skin burned off, can't go to a time machine, and then gets a job doing construction for 30 Is years. Is this the first one where they make reference, though, to the element where if a Terminator goes back and accomplishes its mission, then it just, like, sits there or starts to, as you said, come up with a life where it starts being like, well, I guess I'll work construction, which I find very interesting well, I don't that rem- that's the best the Terminator can come up with. Well, he was waiting for them to go through time. Right. He had to take the long way. Yes. He doesn't want to talk to people, interact with people, and he could move fucking cinder blocks <laughs> super easy because he's a robot. Like, but wouldn't it be better for him to just walk into a cave and then stand there for years? Like, can't he do that as opposed to, like, drawing attention to himself where people are like, hey, where's your W-2? And he's like, I don't need the W-2. Why? Don't I, worry I, about it. He's a neural net processor. <laughs> he has to be around humans to keep learning how to be human. But also he builds a fucking cave full of like weapons and shit for them when they get there. So like a person he's, in Wyoming, he's learning. He's preparing for the fight against the robots. Explaining it makes the movie sound better than it is. It's this so is, This is boring. why. This is it's why. so boring. The genius of the first movie and even a little bit of the second movie is if the only exposition you get is occasionally a character freaking out and saying, they're hunter killers, they're HKs. Like it adds this weird thing where it's like, what is that guy talking about? But you don't have to really explain it because he's not going to explain it because he's talking about some crazy future robot Vietnam War shit. And it just allows you a little bit of a glimpse into their world and you can expand it with your own mind as opposed to these characters who straight up in all of these sequels just sit around talking and they go, well, the Skynet and then, well, then they created the TH and then the T1800 also did the, and then all, it's like, dude, if you explain it, you reveal the flaws. You Take were, the piss out of it. If you go up and shine lights on stuff, it's the opposite. It's supposed to be smoke and mirrors. If you put a flashlight right up to the face of the animatronic stuff at Disney World, it looks real stupid. That's why it's dark in all the rides, so that you can't really see it. Because it looks cool if you just go past it in a ride and it's kind of dark. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think Terminator Genesis, I'm going to say this, might be the worst. It is the worst. Oh, (laughs) Superdust Brian Tepps. Doubt. Said, what do you think, Superdust Brian Tepps? Oh, we could do a dumpster, maybe a dumpster at the end. That'll be our. <laughs> I don't know though, because Terminator Genesis, it's the same story again. They're like, what if we went back to the same story again? But it's but it was different, and everyone's a robot, and everyone's a Terminator, and everyone's the future fighter, and everyone's John. Con- like, what are you even talking about? It is nonsense. It was also directed by someone called Alan Taylor who directed some very hit films, some big hit films like Thor The Dark World, <laughs> which was basically what got him booted out of the Marvel stuff. And, spoiler alert, he directed a bunch of episodes of Game of Thrones because that was what was going on in 2015. They were giving everyone who was in Game of Thrones big Hollywood movies, and it turned out that a bunch of those people from Game of Thrones couldn't act. 
And just because the show was popular didn't mean that anyone who wasn't named Peter Dinklage was good at acting. I love A Song of Ice and Fire. Those books are maybe my favorite piece of writing in English literature, but I think that show is mediocre at best. It should be called Peter Dinklage is a Show, but that's not what this is about. This is about Terminator Geniasis. And yeah, Nick, once again, and I think you brought this up though, worldwide box office creates a different thing now. Terminator Genesis, the budget was $155 million. It made $440 million worldwide. Arnold scored. I'm getting those rights back for that one. The featured song was a song called Terminated by a band called Sacrifice. I don't even know what that means. Let's move on, shall we, to the last and final installment before Nick loses his mind. He's getting angrier and angrier. He's like Bruce Banner. We don't want him to destroy the place. It is a movie in 2019. It's Brian Tepps' favorite movie of all time. It is called Terminator Dark Fate. (laughs) Directed by Tim Miller, the guy who directed Deadpool. Sort of produced by James Cameron, a.k.a. Give me some of that money. (laughs) I want some of that money from that. A.k.a. He has the film rights now. So if you want to make this movie, you got to give him some money. The other thing was he did initially at one point have a treatment for Terminator 3. Before they made T3, he had a treatment for it. They didn't like it. So this one, Terminator Dark Fate, is based on James Cameron's theoretical idea. He even himself, though, was like, you know what? I don't want it now. You know what? They offered him T3. They kind of offered him that treatment. And he said, you know what? Actually, I think about it. The story is done. I'm done. I think it's over. And they said, I don't think so. And because he never really had all that much of the rights, other people had 75% of the rights, there was really nothing you could ever do about it other than just get some checks from the movies, at which point he was like, I don't care. But it has Linda Hamilton back. It has Mackenzie Davis. It has Natalia Reyes, Gabriel Luna, Diego Bonetta. And of course, it's me, Detective John Kimball. And what's your take on... uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Nick? It's worthless, but it's not as bad as Genesis. (laughs) I love Mackenzie Davis. That's fair. She is not good in this. Mm -mm. I... I don't know who's good in this. Nobody. (laughs) The part about this I liked was when there's one scene where Arnold is talking about curtains. Yes. He runs a curtain business, and he has a wife, and he raises her kid, (laughs) and they don't have sex. And he's just there for her emotionally. Like a regular marriage. And he ma- has a beard. Marriage. Huh? Like a regular marriage. Rip shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's still not as bad as Genesis because it's way more straightforward. Yeah. It's just one timeline. Genesis has like six. Because the part that was classified was they don't know who sent a T-1000 or the T-800 to 1973 to kill young Sarah Connor. Right. And then they just write it off as, well, that's classified. We can't tell you. And then... They send back Kyle Reese to 1984. They send back the original Terminator to 1984. There's another T-1000 there in 1984. They go to 2017. John Connor, as a robot, gets sent back to 2014. (laughs) Correct. It's also dumb. Also, in the beginning, a CGI-covered Arnold Schwarzenegger shoots a CGI-covered teenage Eddie Furlong in the face, where... It basically renders T2 useless, 
And that was my favorite part of this. It, it honestly was kind of the part where I said, hey, maybe this is a movie. All right. This is happening. And, and it then wasn't a movie. It was a video game. It went and it was kind of about work conditions in Mexico, which I was like, I would watch this movie if the Terminator is going to lead an uprising about shitty work conditions in Mexico. That's not what this movie is about. And then the Terminator, who killed her son, like you said, hangs out and just starts a curtain business. That's not a joke. And then Sarah Connor and Mackenzie Davis are getting, because Mackenzie Davis is from the future, and they're getting text messages. This is also not a joke. They're getting text messages from a mysterious number. That has it's Arnold. And it's, guess Arnold has learned how to text. I mean, he runs a successful curtain business. So... Also, you act like texting is the hardest thing to learn. It's more than it's, it's not, like, this is a pipe. This is a, the texting is a plot point in a Terminator movie. He also he does move to South Texas, which is nice. I hear the real estate is cheap. Yeah. And, um, he has shares in South by Southwest. <laughs> he invested in some real estate in the Austin area in the nineties. He did well. Like if they made a movie where that like no action sequences happened after that, it's just that they get together as like a weird family. What I've been saying. That would be I, a that movie. That would be better. That would be a movie I would watch. Also, why is it called dark fate? What's the fate? Why is it dark? Because they win in the end. What are you talking about? But there's still a resistance. They still have to fight the uprising. Yeah, I know. Okay, the only thing that was kind of interesting, it was like that because that Terminator killed John Connor, ostensibly Sarah Connor and that Arnold Terminator no longer are part of the path. The path still occurs with robot shit and Skynet and stuff but it no longer involves John Connor. It no longer involves them. They're just on the side. They just hate Terminators. They just hate Skynet. They're just down to clown. And that could be an interesting thing, but they don't use it. They, they kind of do because yeah. what they did stops Judgment Day from happening in 1997. So they send back Mackenzie Davis to kill Reyes character Right. Because she's the new uprising character. Correct. But they don't stop Judgment Day from happening. They stop her from getting killed. So she winds up still becoming the leader of the resistance, you know, Mm -hmm. great military leader and shit. Like, (laughs) it's just. In which I got to say, for a great military leader, she's constantly like not doing jack shit. At least John Cotter could hack ATMs and ride a dirt bike and train a Terminator I'm sorry that the new resistance leader listened to her parents. Her <laughs> dad, was, whatever a, anyone her tells dad her. was around <laughs> until he got killed by a Terminator. All right. Any other thoughts on Terminator? <laughs> it's better than Genesis. I, I, that's I probably mean, that's true. A lot. I, but yeah, I know you're while we're doing a roundup. Let's do a roundup. Super producer Brian Tepps is telling me that none of Linda Hamilton's lines in dark fate were believable. And I would make the argument that no one's lines in Dark Fate were believable. So there is a 25-minute long sequence in which Arnold Schwarzenegger talks about his curtains and blinds business. And it was the most interesting part of the goddamn movie. (laughs) So that should say something. And what pissed me off the most, I like Tim Miller. I actually like Tim Miller. I like Deadpool. I like his action sequences. I think he's a good action sequence coordinator. I actually didn't hate the plane crash scene. I thought the plane crash scene 
was kind of wild and an interesting idea, but it couldn't save for me a movie that I didn't care about. It was just a cool action sequence incorporated into a movie that I didn't give a shit. As you said, once you stop caring about the characters, what is the point? What is the point of these movies? And we did bring up the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which apparently are canon and not canon. So I don't know what the hell is going on with any of that. But I have to bring up this, which is that these characters are kind of iconic. But I would make the argument that the third most popular character after Arnold and Sarah Connor is the Robert Patrick T-1000. And they never bring him back. They never bring that character back. And if they do, he keeps turning down the role. That's good why. for him. Good. Good on you. Robert Patrick. He literally is. Said, <laughs> no, here's the thing. He's like, maybe if you give me a script, it's not horrible. He doesn't want to do it because he likes the idea of his acting in that as being a standalone thing. Also, he has a bad hit from football and mm. from fucking learning how to run with his mouth closed. Yeah. He can't do any of the running. He can't do any of the stunts. He's not Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's a skinny guy with a bunch of fucking health problems who just wants to do these little things and get paid by Harley Davidson. Fair. They've offered to bring him back at least three times. Fair. But see, I would make the argument, as I said, I think me and you and Super Producer Brian Taps are better writers than anybody running around writing these sequels. It doesn't necessarily have to be Robert Patrick. You just have the T-1000s be a bunch of creepy cop-looking Aryan Nation bastards, and they're the bad guys. It's automatically easier. It's automatically relatable of, like, fuck those guys. And yet, it kind of has a, a kind of cool, weird element of, like, yeah, that's kind of what little scumbag bad guys look like. There you go. You got it. Ready to go. T-1000s running around. No, not that. That actually makes sense. That would actually... <laughs> I don't know. This is just my beef I have with... Nick has slumped over <laughs> at the thought of it. I know. There's no rebooting this. There's no, this, none of these movies should have ever been made. <laughs> That's my end thought on this. Well, I'm going to keep talking and do the so wall. T3 through six or seven or whatever. All of these movies are Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah, they are. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like he's in New York for exactly three minutes. They have no point. None of them have a point. They all think they do. Yeah. They all, like, that's the problem. It's all, like, C-minus kids yeah. who think they should be on the honor roll. Mm. But it's like, dude, you're lucky you're not in Saturday school. But Genesis <laughs> is the kid who got held back. Because he doesn't understand science or... True. And, uh, and, at least, and I will give you at least Terminator Salvation is the kid who huffs paint, but then makes, like, cool, like, indie jackass movies where he, like, jumps off of, like, a roof onto a table and gets like, now, a, like Terminator Salvation <laughs> is the kid who's like a really cool skateboarder. It's like, oh, he could skateboard. That's cool. That's different. Yeah. But then he tries to do a fucking ollie off a roof and breaks his leg. And it's like, well, maybe you should have just tried to make it smaller. I mean, it was totally badass, but yeah, it yeah. also sucked. So I agree. I agree. I think that's our roundup of the Terminator franchise. As I said, please go back and listen to our office hours for Terminator 2 where we go real, real deep on both the original Terminator and Terminator 2, which are, to be quite frank, the Terminator movies. They have continued to make movies called The Terminator, in which at varying times Arnold or James Cameron or Linda Hamilton have made money, but they have not actually really, in my opinion, been 
really Terminator movies. They've always been kind of weird fan fiction versions that just sort of shoulder shrug their way into the theater. And then people shoulder shrug $14 out of their pocket to go see it. And then shoulder shrug their way out of the movie theater. I don't know what else to say. I don't, none of them are like offensively awful in certain ways, maybe Genesis, but I think in their mediocrity, that's almost worse that they're all C's a C for two movies that were big time Hollywood a pluses to then follow it with C after C after C. It's just like, Oh, Oh, here we go. Here's this. I don't know. Nick, what do you think? What's your overall Terminator thoughts? I think I said already. I know, but just the first two were great. I will watch them until I die. And you're going to have to put a fucking gun to my head and make me watch Genesis again. <laughs> like a loaded pistol held by a psycho fucking asshole <laughs> whose wife I hooked up with and just really wants to torture me. That's fair. That I means- would rather. What about Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines? Did you watch Terminator 3? You know what? I've watched that on my own last year <laughs> just to see how it was. Yeah. And I was watching. I was like, this is bad. This is bad. I kind of like that. Mm. And then it was like an hour of bad. I'm like, oh, cool. They blew up the world. I like that. Yeah, I will give Terminator 3 the end where they blow everything up. But the fact that it just basically, there's a part where Arnold Schwarzenegger says, Skynet is inevitable. It's like, then why have these movies? If it's always going to happen, then what is the, sometimes people write scripts and they just don't even realize why they're writing them. They just like, The characters have to get to a part where the movie ends and then control save and I get paid. And for something that was so heat wave. So you're always saying control save. Do you just not have a save button? Control S. Okay. Control S. There you go. I'm sorry. Because you can just hit a save button and not hit control. Yeah, but control S. Okay. Control save. I'm sorry. The yes. I know. I'm just, I'm. I apologize. I just hit the one thing all the time. I'm just curious. (laughs) You could click on it too. You could click save. Yeah, I okay, I get it, Brian. I'm just typing, saying, though, typing, typing, there's typing, no typing. save Control button. save. Yes. I'm just <laughs> sorry fair. for needing a little no, nerd clarification. That is fair. That is fair. Control S, excuse me. I apologize. That is, yes, the save command that I feel like is just sometimes. I know for a fact when there's a point in a stupid movie I see with the dumbest action sequence, I know for a fact that whatever person wrote that script they stopped after they got finished writing that and said, mm, I'm a goddamn fucking genius. Well, I think we figured out that Super Producer Brian Tapps hates Dark Faith the most. Nick hates Genesis the most. Uh-oh, no. I'm getting a finger from Super Producer Brian Tapps. <laughs> He's saying that Dark Faith and Genesis are equally bad. I don't know. Mackenzie Davis. And also, I'm not going to lie, the weird monologue that Arnold gives about his business in blinds and curtain installation. I said to myself, this is my favorite part of the movie. No. (laughs) Arnold is charismatic. Yes, he is. That's the thing. He's fucking old. He's an Mm. old robot, which is weird anyways. 
I don't want to see him try to save the world. I know. It's not going to work. I know. It's like if Alex Trebek <laughs> tried to stop fucking... It's like if you replace Bruce Willis with Alex Trebek a year before he died. It was like, here you go, game show host. You're beloved. Why don't you stop an asteroid from destroying the Earth and stop Ben Affleck from trying to fuck your, your daughter? Which, why are you so concerned about that? That's yeah. weird. It doesn't work. When he's just being a weird old guy talking about... Yeah. People just like to think that the curtains are this and this, but it's like, you have a lot of things to consider. The oak, the color of the stain on the wood of the, of the, yes. the baby's thing. Oh my God, that's amazing. When he starts talking about the different styles. Yeah, things, I, that's interesting because it's the only thing different <laughs> from all of these fucking movies. I think it would be the only movie you could make and see, this is us just being, once again, better writers, but that's the only movie you could make is if you made sort of a, it's way into the future. All the robots are dead, all the people are dead, and there's like an old man Terminator just wandering the wastelands with like a hood on, and he kind of comes upon people and is like, hey, how's it going? But it's like thousands of years in the future, and people are like, what the fuck is going on? He's like, don't worry about it, chill out, asshole. And he kind of brings the way, way past to them. That's a cool movie. Because he's old man Terminator. He's been around so long that he's old now. He's like 10,000 years old and he can't die. And as humanity restarts into a different type of civilization, maybe like a Mad Max kind of thing, he's still running around. There's a movie. I just want a better movie. I just want a better sequel, you clowns. All right. So there's no fate. I don't give a shit what you say, Terminator 3. There's no fate, but the fate you make. All right. It was pre-written you were going to say that. So... Well, everybody, that has been our Terminator episode. Thank you for listening. And please go back and listen to our office hours. I don't know if I said that before, but I'm joined as always by my favorite two humans in the history of time, as well as movies, the headmaster, Nicholas Souter. You know, your family's listening to this. That's fine. And of course, super producer, Brian Tepps. We love you guys. Shout out to my family. Joe Bonner listens to the show. Hey, Joe. Hey. Hey, Veronica. Thanks for showing me Terminator as a kid, Pops. It made me weird. That's your fault. All right, everybody. We love you guys. Don't blame it on one movie. (laughs) No, no, just the weirdness in general. I love you guys. We'll see you next week. Remember to drive your cars real fast, do drugs, do whatever the shit you want. We'll be back at the Blockbuster Film School.